0: everybody welcome to today's episode generational hoarding and how to break the cycle today I am outside in my backyard all four of the kids are awake and playing because that's just how it goes here sometimes um, I'm gonna do an episode later this week um, about doing things because of your kids not doing things not doing things because of your kids Um, And it's something that I'm really passionate about. But that's not what we're talking about today. Josie says, I like this topic a lot. Yes, generational hoarding and how to break the cycle. Because it is a cycle and it can be broken. And because you're here listening to this, I feel like you are the one who wants to break the cycle. P.S. to you guys on Facebook Live, I might be moving around because you are sitting on our swing and swings move. So don't get dizzy. (laughs) <laughs> don't get motion sickness. You're fine. Okay. Hey Jenna. Um, okay. So I want to talk to you guys. Oh wait, you know what? I forgot to invite Sarah. Oh, Sarah just jumped out. Boom. In my, in my head. Okay. There's a lot of guilt that can come with it. Yes. We're going to wow. talk about that. What's up, Sarah. I'm glad you're here. So I'm going to talk to you guys about the two different kinds of generational hoarding that I see a lot of. I've kind of seen notice that there are two different kinds that seem to happen, especially as parents. Okay, the first is the one that is literally generations of stuff that has been saved and passed on through generations and is likely going to be pushed off onto you at some point. Maybe it's all of the stuff in your parents' house, maybe it's all of the stuff in your grandparents' house, Maybe it's all of the stuff in their storage units. I know a lot of you guys have shared stories about um, family members having like storage units, sheds, (laughs) um, trailers, multiple trailers, multiple homes, just full of stuff. And it gets pushed off onto you. Maybe it gets pushed off onto you in little bits at a time. Maybe it's going to be pushed up onto you when they die and you're just waiting for that. So that's the first kind of generational hoarding that I see happening and it happens in my family as well. Yeah. Jenna says someday this will all be yours. Yeah. That happens. That happens, especially on my mom's side of the family. I just remember like grandparents dying uncles dying and us having to go to those houses and figure out what to do with all of the stuff. Um, yeah. So also I still have Nick's X, Y, and Z and I'm dropping it off. Yeah. So maybe it comes to you all at once. Maybe it comes to you a little bit at a time, but it's stuff that has been held on to for years and years and years, decades. I'm going to go there and talk about this too, because a lot of you guys say it, my parents or my grandparents or my whatever's, were alive during the great depression so this is stuff being passed on to me from then okay that still happens but this is the thing guess what it's almost 2020 that was literally a century ago if there's any time to break the cycle it's now 100 years later okay just let that sink in like when i hear that i get it my grandparents had parents who went through the great depression and they picked up tendencies from their parents and my parents picked up tendencies from them. And I pick up on those tendencies too. Like I understand how it happens, but also realize that that was literally 100 years ago. It is time to break the cycle. Okay. It's time we're done. We're not in the great depression anymore. It's time to move on. Now, the second type of generational hoarding that happens and that I see a lot is going out and buying things on sale or at thrift stores or at garage sales and pushing it off onto you okay, in the form of like, here are some great hand-me-downs, here are some some great deal. I knew the grandkids would love this. I knew that you would love this. I wanted to get this. I didn't want to miss this opportunity. I had to get it for you. And it's an overabundance of stuff. And it comes from whoever's giving it to you, their state of mind, their, their whatever stuff they're working through, but they're pushing it off onto you. Just like any other type, they are pushing it off onto you, okay? That's the commonality between these two different types of generational hoarding. Both of them are pushing their issue with their stuff onto you, and that's not fair. And basically, what they're saying is that this makes me feel something. This makes me feel comforted. This makes me feel secure. This reminds me of our past. This makes me feel safe and prepared, but I don't want it anymore. So I'm going to push it off onto you, right? This makes me feel like I got a great deal. Oh my God, there's a hummingbird right there. So cute. He's eating my tomatoes, but it's fine. I won't even be mad at him because he's so cute. He's probably the one that put all the holes in it. Okay, anyway, sorry guys. Anyway, what is happening is that they are pushing their issue onto you. They are saying, I've dealt with this, I'm dealing with this, I have this, I don't want it anymore. Now I'm going to make it your problem because that's easier than actually taking ownership of it myself. Okay. So I want to tell you guys that so that maybe you can see it in a different way. You can see it in a little bit more of an objective way of like, this is not your responsibility. Okay. Their stuff and their reasons for keeping stuff and their reasons for buying too much stuff is not your responsibility. Okay. You don't have to take it on you don't have to take it on. Okay. They're basically saying, it's not me. So it's going to be you. And I want to just give you permission to tell them no. Okay. Here are a couple ways. I know everybody has really unique dynamics when it comes to these conversations and how it happens for you and the family history and all the complications that come up with it. Because you know, that, that is what it is. And there's no possible way that I can get to know your specific details of everything and give you an answer. But these are two generic ways that you can address this and shut it down and not allow it to become your problem. Okay. It's a boundary thing. But when somebody says something like, how did Nicole say it? She said it perfectly. I still have Nick's X, Y, Z, and I'm dropping it off. Um, when they say that, you can say, oh, you know, no, it's fine. We, we really don't have room for it. You can just take it to the donation center. You know, instead of taking, wasting your time and bringing it to us, we really don't have room for it. Why don't you just take it somewhere else instead? Like we don't have room for it. Okay. That's a practical way that keeps it pretty impersonal and it sends the message that you don't want it. It's not welcome in your home and you're not willing to take it without being like, you can't bring stuff to my house. Stop giving us stuff. Stop, stop pushing all of your hoarding boxes and storage rooms onto us, right? Instead of making it a them issue, you're making it about you and saying, we just don't have room for it. No, thank you. Okay. You can take that approach. Yeah, Josie, that's a good one too. We don't have room. We can't afford to keep moving it around with us, but you can also say, thanks, but no thanks. We just don't want it right? And like I, Janelle says, I need to do that with a friend. Yeah. We just don't want it. Okay. There's nothing wrong. And it just kind of depends on your relationship dynamics, what you're comfortable with saying, but there have absolutely been times. Um, I, I've told you guys this story. Um, I had a friend in Florida, uh, She's like a multimillionaire. She's totally loaded. And when I first moved to Florida, she was one of my first Montessori mentors. And I told her that we had just moved from Alaska to Florida. We didn't have anything on our house. We were renting this fully furnished house and and I liked it. Okay. I didn't have a problem with it, but she viewed it as a problem, um, as something that she could fix for me because she had an abundance of home decor and there was like three or four times where I would go to her house and hang out and bring the kids over. She was older too, guys. She was like 65 at the time. So I bring my kids over there. She viewed them as like grandkids and she was just a really great lady. <laughs> but she would pack my car to the brim. Like once it was so bad that her husband literally um toe-strapped a bed frame to the trunk of my car. And the trunk of my car was full and my kids, the back, cart of the, the back seat of the car was packed full of all of this home decor. My front seat was full. Like it was just packed to the brim. And I didn't tell her anything those first few times. I was just kind of like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, yeah, we'll take this. We, this is great. Full disclosure. I, before I went home, I went to Goodwill. I took that bed frame off the freaking trunk. Dropped it off Goodwill, just emptied my car off at Goodwill and didn't feel badly about it. <laughs> she doesn't follow you. Um, her and I have actually talked about it because she is also my business mentor. She's a great business mentor, but I have told her this story and she's like, why didn't you tell me at the time? I'm like, I don't know. I do not want to make you feel bad, but, um, <laughs> anyway, that's what I did. That's what I did. And then eventually like after the th- third or fourth like carload of stuff I just told her thanks but you know we really don't want it like our house feels so complete thank you for the generosity we love you Um, if you want because I know that she was downsizing her house (laughs) I was like if you want like I can pack this stuff up and bring it to Goodwill for you Um, and she never took me up on that she was like don't waste your time Um, but anyway I just straight-up told her we don't want it right because we finally got to that level where I felt like I could tell her, like, thanks, but no thanks in a respectful way. Okay, and then what happens after that, guys, when you say either we don't have room for it or we don't want it, you're probably wondering what happens next and I just want to prepare you for the unknown, okay? It's gonna depend on, It's going to depend on the relationship dynamics. It's going to depend on what's happened in the past. It's going to depend on the personalities of the people that you're talking to. It's going to depend on how deeply rooted their issues are, but that's not on you. It's not on you to make sure that it goes perfectly smooth and that they're happy about it. What is on you is to maintain your boundaries and uphold and basically not enable these people to take their issues with their stuff and push it onto you. Okay, you're not doing yourself a favor by saying yes to everything and continuing to accept it, and you are not doing them a favor. Is that what I said first? You're not doing either of you a favor, okay? (laughs) Sorry, guys, my kids, there's a big crash in the background, the basketball hoop fell over, whatever. We're moving on, nobody's hurt, we're good. But (laughs) just be prepared for the unknown. Also be prepared for what you probably know will happen, which is probably some sort of resistance of like, why don't you want to take this stuff? This is your stuff. Like, I don't want it. You hurt my feelings. This is special to me and I want you to have it, right? And you're like, well, it's not special to me and we don't want to have it, right? Just expect that and be okay with that and be okay with standing your ground. But here are some guidelines to make sure that it goes as smoothly as possible. And I think the first is to always be... Guys, careful with her. bounce it all around. Um, the first the first thing to remember in starting to have these conversations is to be respectful. okay. Be respectful. I think everybody can agree with that, but be respectful of you and them. And I think that when done right, those two responses, either we don't have room for it or we don't want it, can be done respectfully. But you just have to be really mindful of yourself, your internal state, how it's going for you. Hey, Shamra. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Savannah. Um, and keep in mind that enabling is not respectful. Okay. Enabling them to continue the cycle, enabling them to push their stuff onto you isn't respectful. It's not doing them any favors. So just be respectful. You don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to be like, you have a problem. You are a hoarder. You are pushing all of your crap onto me. You, 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 right. Make it about you. Be like, I don't want this. I don't have room for this. I don't have the time or energy for this. Right. That's all it has to be. And I think that's the easiest way to keep it respectful is like, put the focus on you. Focuses on you, not on them and how frustrated you are with them okay now the second thing to keep in mind is just to communicate it clearly directly and just to the point keep the focus on you not on them josie says being a people pleaser myself it's hard to say no yes same here same here definitely fall into the people pleaser category it is hard for me to say no but i will say that i have learned how to say no Most of the time, respectfully, by making it, and this sounds selfish, it's not selfish. It's just a way to make it so that people don't retaliate on you, but by making it about me, being like, I love this. This is great. Thank you so much. But I just don't have the time for it. I just don't have the space for it. I just don't have the desire for it, right? Um. And I think people respect that too, because then they can kind of see where your boundary is and they can see that, you know, it's, it's not their fault. You know, it's not, they're not taking it personally, um, which I think is important. So be respectful, communicate clearly. Number three, don't try to change them. Okay. I see that a lot is like, people are like, I want to I want to get through to them. I want to help them see how hard they're making their own life. I want to help them see how much of a hoarder they are. I want them to see how crazy this is. And the thing is that you can't, you can't, and you shouldn't, it's not your responsibility to do that. And it's a ton of wasted energy for you because you're going to drive yourself crazy being like, why don't they see it the way that I see it? Right? And you're not gonna get anywhere. And that's a whole bunch of time and energy that you could be spending on figuring out your own house and figuring out your own stuff. Like, why do I still feel like I'm drowning in clutter in my own house? Right? Oh, because I keep letting them bring in stuff to my house. I keep saying yes. I keep not prioritizing decluttering. I saw Jessica say, um, what did she say? I briefly thought I was too busy decluttering to see your invite. I'll have to hear the beginning later, right? Like Jessica's in the zone. She's like focusing on what she can fix and what she can do. That's exactly what you got to focus on. And by doing that, other people are going to take notice. They are going to see what you're doing and they're going to want it for themselves too. And they're going to be like, wow, like, how did you figure that out? How did you discover that? How did you start taking those steps? Like, how can I do it too? That's how you get through to people instead of like spending all of your time and energy and blah, 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 blah on them. Um, so when you say no, thank you and you're clear and you don't want it or need it, and they're like, well, why not? I'll keep it for a bit longer until the kids are older in case they want to play the trumpet. <laughs> um, okay, so that was the next thing that I was gonna talk about, Jessica or not um who I'm not gonna say names. <laughs> that was the next thing I was gonna talk about is that you have permission to keep your home yours. You have permission to say no as many times as you want to to keep your home your own. And you also have permission to uphold the boundaries with your kids. Okay. And I wanted to specifically talk about this because especially when it comes to people like grandparents or family members, when they are pushing things off onto you, all of this stuff that they've kept hoarded in their house for 30 years You're you're their target, right? You're their target of like, okay, I love this stuff. It's got good memories attached to it. I've kept it for this many years. It's really hard for me to get rid of it. So I'm not gonna completely get rid of it. I'm just gonna push it off onto somebody else. Like you are that target for them. But you know who's an even easier target for that to continue the generational hoarding cycle are your kids. Okay, because they're gonna be like, Don't you think the kids want this? Listen to how badly the kids want this. Like, why would you wanna deprive your kids like this? Why would you, you know, it's easier to push the things off onto the kids than it is on you. And it's easier for them to leverage with the kids because, like you said, what about the kids? The kids want this, the kids would use this, the kids could benefit from this, right? It's just an easier target for them to push their stuff onto you. And you absolutely 100% have permission to keep your home yours and uphold your boundaries. And you especially have permission. To uphold those boundaries for your kids. Okay. Especially if you are trying to break this hoarding cycle, to break this over consumerist cycle with your kids by instilling in them this idea that less is more, or this idea that we don't need a billion things, or we don't need a house with piles and piles of stuff, and toys and clothes and gadgets and blah, blah, blah. Like, if that's what you're trying to instill in your kids, you. Have every single right in the world to say no forever. Okay. Now, just to wrap this up, because when we're talking about our family members who have homes and storage units and trailers and multiple, multiple homes, maybe full of stuff that eventually you're going to have to inherit, it can feel like something that you need to address now. It can feel like you need to be like, you need to get your stuff together because I don't want to take this on when you die. Okay. I know that's dark and morbid and whatever, but that's what's gonna happen. Honestly, my take on this is continue to focus on your own home. That's where you're gonna have the biggest impact. The hummingbird is back and eating my tomatoes. It's fine, whatever. Um, (laughs) But focusing on your home and maintaining the boundaries of your home with your kids is where you're gonna have the biggest impact. And it is how you're going to have the biggest impact with other people. Maybe your family whose stuff you're going to be inheriting when they die. Maybe not, but I just wouldn't worry about it until it's time. Okay. I just wouldn't like you are, you're raising babies. You are building careers. You are living your own life. You have your own priorities and things that you are focusing on it's unfair to your family your immediate family in the form of your spouse and your kids to spend all of your time and energy trying to get them to get rid of their stuff so that when they die you don't have to deal with it like you're gonna have to deal with it no matter what so just deal with it when it's time and hope for the best that between now and then you doing what you're doing in your home will inspire them to want to take action on their home so you know it's a little bit easier for you but You really can't change them. You really can't make them do anything. Like somebody else said here in the comments, you can't help somebody who doesn't want help. Um, And when the time comes, if and when you inherit all that stuff, cross that bridge when you get there, right? There's no sense in wasting 20 years of your life being pissed off and upset about it, trying to fix it now, trying to change it now, when really that's out of your control, (laughs) It honestly is, it's out of your control. You can't control what they send to your house. If they do send things to your house or give you things that you don't want, you are under no obligation to keep it. You can do like I did and just drive it straight to Goodwill. Um, And it's, like I said, it's really just a boundary issue, really just a boundary issue. And I can't possibly know everybody's specific dynamics, but this should be a good enough guide to, help you start maintaining or establishing and maintaining those boundaries. Danielle just popped on. Um, She's done this, the stuff that we just talked about in this entire video. She's done it over the past year, had a lot of success with it. There are other moms in this group who have done this and had a lot of success with this. Yes, Karen, watch this. I think you will thoroughly enjoy it just because I know a little bit about your story and wanting to break the generational hoarder cycle. It will be up on the podcast replay. Um, um, Jessica says, yes, my daughter, seriously, when I'm getting rid of stuff, like I want it. And I tell her she has more than enough and I love her too much to give her my clutter. Yeah. I mean, I don't ever want to burden my family with that. Um, I've talked before about my grandparents who are on their way out and they are the opposite. Like I have two opposites of like my dad's side and my mom's side. My mom's side is like hoarder, hoarder, hoarder. Let's pass on the hoarding stuff for generations and generations. Now this is your house. What do you want to do with it? Not live in it, not empty it out. Like why are we still owning this house with all this stuff in it? Why, why, why are we switching the names of the owner of this house? (laughs) Nobody wants to confront it. Right. And then there's my grandparents who are like, grandpa's really sick. We're starting to clear out our stuff. Is there anything special that you want? And I'm like, heck yeah. I want some of those blankets that I grew up in, you know, doing nap time when you guys watched me while my parents worked. So actually those are on the way to my house right now. I'll make a post about it when they get here. Um, but yeah, like when I die, I want to leave a legacy of not a house full of crap for my kids. I want them to be like, able to process and grieve without having to deal with all of this stuff in my house. Um, okay. Let's see. Just finished my workout. I'm so glad I didn't miss this video. I'm hanging up Jamie, but the replay will be right up everybody on the, fo- on the podcast. Um, I will see you guys later. I'm going to hang out with everybody on Facebook real quick. And if you liked this episode, if it was helpful to you, share it with a friend, go ahead and take a screenshot of it, post it to your social media, tag me in your Instagram stories, because i love to see you guys over there. And I'd love to see that this is helpful for you guys or not helpful. Okay. I would like to hear too. If you're like, that was a bunch of crap, go ahead and let me know. And I'll be like, okay, well, you know, I won't share this with you again. <laughs> Bye. Hey friend, did you love this episode? If you did, I would love if you took a screenshot of it and shared it with somebody else. Okay. The whole point of this is to create a community of moms who get each other, who support each other and who, when they find something that helps them, they share it with somebody. So I would love if you shared this podcast with somebody with maybe just a little note about how it helped you or how it inspired you so that it can help somebody else. I would also love it if you left me a review. Leaving a review lets me get better stats on the internet and blah, blah, blah. Basically, it helps me help more moms like you. I would so appreciate it. If you hated this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of impressed that you listened to it all and you're still listening. So still leave me a review, still share it (laughs) because I'm sure somebody can benefit from it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist.